0: What does it mean to be holy today on the weekly King of Outlook? Well, greetings, folks. Um, You know, we're doing this wonderful study. By the way, I'm Apostle Lewis D.C., and if you haven't uh, subscribed to my channel before, and just want to... We've been talking about um, holiness, so we're going to get into that just before we go. Just a couple things. Hey, School of the Prophets every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Here's the JPEG of what you need to do to get onto that, so go ahead and do it. Uh, then remember to create a profile on the Gate Church app. You'll have to download that and get that. There's a community, so you have to make a profile, and then we can actually you're put into the um, uh, community where you can chat with other people. Plus, here's a free prophetic manual for you. Um, I, and this is one of my uh, big manuals. It's 25 This is twenty-five pages. It's free. Just go ahead. you have to put in your email address and then we'll send it to your email. So go ahead and do that. And let's talk about our topic we're going to be on for a while. And that is holiness. Um, you know, I think one of the uh, problems that in our understanding of holiness is we either leave it all to Jesus or we leave it uh, like it's impossible, and those two are wrong. And so it's it's like uh, we tend to find a truth in Scripture, and instead of pursuing the reality, manifestation, fulfillment of that promise or truth, we tend to just quote it, say it's mine, and we act like it's there, and. Um, so this is kind of what happens and, and then, you know, in four weeks we move on from the topic and guess what? We're not quoting it. We're not believing it. We're not pursuing it anymore. And it happens because we get such a rapid, um, um, flooding of different truths, different things, and that we can get overwhelmed that way. And so what happens with holiness is that I think we really don't like talking about it because none of us know, all of us know, well, I should say most of us know, we're not perfectly holy. Like, we're not everything about us we don't consider, you know, perfect, or we're still pursuing it, we're still after it. And, um, you know, I mean, think about this, Jesus, you know, being perfect, Jesus being flawless, and he was without sin, he was flawless. And, um in a sense that we're not, you know, um, in the sense of um, we can be, but we're not, you know, we're in that process, you know, and every thought he had, every, uh, you know, Jesus didn't have, um, he didn't surrender to inward cravings or, you know, anything like that. So um, we all want to be like Jesus. We should at least want to be like Jesus. And We're being transformed into that image, 2 Corinthians 3 says. So um, it's a deep topic, and it's a life's journey, just like ancient pathways. And by the way, all this intersects. Melchizedek, ancient pathways, all this stuff intersects when we talk about this. And because it's really just um, a, a branch off of the trunk of this thing called being like Christ to be like Christ. That that's basically you can sum it all up there holiness, um ancient pathways and Melchizedek and all these things are all branches of be like Christ and to to absolutely pursue that and to go after that. And I think that many times we um there is such provision made for our holiness, for our um uh, perfection or our completeness and our in our maturity. There's such provision for it. Doesn't mean that we are automatically there. But but holiness is sometimes presented as separated. You're separated to God. Okay. But that that is such a, uh, a really by the way a very weak understanding of holiness. Holiness doesn't necessarily have to do with conduct. It does have conduct involved, but that's not the only aspect of holiness. And and so we could have godliness. We have godly behavior which is godliness. We're walking in a godly manner. But that doesn't necessarily mean we're holy because holiness takes more than a set of rules. It takes him. It takes his presence. It takes his um his nearness, his closeness, his you know, draw nigh to me. I'll draw nigh to you. That's that's the process of holiness. So that's the um, because as we draw nigh to God, as we pursue Him, and really with the, you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to go as far as a um, pure heart. I'm going to go as far as we pursue Him, and in our pursuit of Him, in our sincere heart to pursue God he's going to deal with some of your stuff and my stuff. He has my stuff. And th- don't be frightened by that because you got that's where you always have to have that love factor in mind. Like, God so loves me that this is... When God showed me, when God would reveal to me somewhere that I wasn't lining up, Um, it wasn't... It didn't seem mean. Now, it didn't seem to me like God was mean because... I was very fortunate that early on in my walk, I discovered the fact that the Father corrects those He loves. And I, and, I, and I adapted in my life this attitude that it's worse if God does nothing than if He corrects me. That I would rather have His correction than I'd rather have him speak to me and tell me that's out of line, that's sin, that's offensive to me, than to have him say nothing and me die, go to heaven, and realize I was unpleasing to him in my actions. Okay? So so I want you to understand that that was my... Because I was really good heathen. I think I say this all the time, but I don't think people really understand I was really good. And that a lot of that... I didn't do anymore when I met my wife. But I still had thoughts. I still had memories. I still had appetites. And it and then as I pursued God, those appetites shifted and those subsided. And they um, they weren't the focus anymore. Well, why? Because I was just focused on God and, and the Father, uh, and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and the Word, and and because my that's so consumed me that there was less room for anything else to find a place and but holiness has to do with with closeness to god and and um wherever god is he has to make it holy in other words when jesus ate with the tax ate drink with the tax collectors they weren't getting drunk and bombed now they were drinking wine well yeah <laughs> you know because number one uh that was you know, they didn't have running water. They didn't have, they didn't have uh, Zephyr Hills or Perrier or anything like that. So wine was the number one drink uh, for meals, except for in the morning, obviously, in the evening. and It was just culturally, they all drank wine. And um, now John the Baptist did, not because remember John the Baptist, you know, was but he was eating locusts, so we don't want to really use him as our example. But Jesus wasn't... Um, you know they weren't getting drunk, and by the way, I don't think it was as um, potent. Um, we we do it. We make alcohol to get you drunk. That wasn't their goal, and um, I think that now you could get drunk. You could, um, just like you can get gluttony, but you have to eat. You know, there's always if you overdo anything, you can end up into error. So, so what did it mean to be holy? What did it mean to be um what does it mean for us to be holy as he is holy and so there's two aspects to this one is <clears throat> he has to there's a there's a line in the movie chosen um where they're they're talking about holiness and the disciples are all talking and one of them says i think he's just waiting for us to get holy i said and mary goes i don't think that's the point I think the point is we can't be holy without Him, and that's such a f- fantastic statement because that's true. But we also have to realize we're not just holy because we know Him. You, 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 in your inward man. But I, I know you know. Have you ever struggled? Have you ever had bad thought? Had have, have you ever thought a lustful thought, a violent thought, a uh, um, uh, angry thought? You know, and you knew it wasn't right. Well, that's because your mind you know, can fluctuate, and you have to learn to take those thoughts captive and all that, and bring them into the obedience of Christ, and well, that's for a different thing, but Right now I just want to talk about, you know, that my, think about this right. my most holy place is where Holy Spirit resides, that's me, I'm being, I'm, he has, he has made a place for himself in my spirit, it's called the most holy place, and my spirit just communes with him, but my mind, if I don't choose to commune with him, my mind doesn't. So him who keeps his mind stayed upon the Lord, he will keep in perfect peace. So guess what I do? I have to keep my mind stayed upon the Lord. It's my choice. And I find, I found what I started finding out that um that if I kept my mind stayed upon the Lord, it was way more effective in the way I walked than. Trying to avoid walking wrong. In other words, if I focused on don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, I'm going to do it. But if I just focused in on Him, I found great more um, uh, value and manifestation of His presence versus trying to avoid something. And so when it comes to holiness, What you want to do is invite the Lord, invite the Spirit into your thoughts, into your life, into your presence. And, you know, he can't do that if you're in sin. You might think you want him to. But it's our job to cleanse ourselves. So there's a work of the Spirit. There's a work of baptism. There's a work of the Word. All this is involved in holiness. Okay, you get baptized in water, you die, you come up in a new life. Then there is what's called the washing of the word. The word is cleansing my soul and cleansing my thoughts, and da 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 But there's also the work of the Holy Spirit and fire, which purges out and burns up all the dross. And the Bible, in a couple places, tells us to cleanse ourselves. And so We're going to talk about holiness on a whole bit, but I want you from the beginning to realize me and you both have a role in our holiness. And I don't want it to be like, um, you know, I can't do anything about it because that's not true. You know, 2 Corinthians 6, um, Paul writes about all our promises and, you know, he starts talking about all these things. So let's start in verse 11. And we're going to read through one, And I want you to hear, because the chapter, it's a really bad place to put a chapter. Okay, here, here it is. Oh, Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now, in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God, they shall be my people, therefore... Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. And I I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, what's the promise? That God will dwell in us and walk among us. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So it's amazing. Um, And and I want you to see right from the beginning, because as we go through, um, and I hope you're listening to this, I hope you're really getting something out of this, and that you won't change a topic too quick. A lot of times people get uncomfortable with holiness, and they just avoid it. They're like, um, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, you know. I don't want to do it. It's just too, you know, I know I'm not there. I Look, I don't care where you are on the scale. Go after it. And as you go after God, not after, listen, not after in the essence of I'm going to try to look holy to people, but pursue Him. Pursue Him with all your heart. He's literally with all your heart. He's worthy of it. He wants. It. I I preached yesterday or uh, Sunday at the church um, about. Um, he just wants your heart. That's what he really wants. That's the acceptable sacrifice of a broken and contrite spirit. And you don't you know brokenness in the church or for a Christian is different than brokenness for an unbeliever. We come to the cross broken from sin and everything, but we want to actually get broken from Him on the other side. We want to be a broken alabaster box. We want our perfume to rise up to him. And we have to learn how to do that. All right. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1. Finally, then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you have received from us how you ought to walk and to please God. Do you understand that there's a part you pleased him when you said yes? but now you have to learn how to walk and to be pleasing to God for this is the will of God your sanctification that you should abstain from sexual immorality this is like you know my, my problem sometimes with the church is we don't want to talk about sexual morality because we're afraid half the you know young people will leave and i get it i get it but it's true that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor. Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he rejects this. Does not reject man, but God, who has also given us His Spirit. Amazing, an amazing um, passages of Paul there, um, and and I think that there's a what we get into is this kind of like, um, you know, it doesn't matter. God loves me, and and you know, love is a kind of our. Um, I call love like our kind of um, fail-safe safety net. Whenever whenever we hit a snag in our life, um, we tend to um, default to love. And it's not that it's a bad default in the sense of God loves me. He does. That's what's so great about God. I mean, he does love you. And the fact you know that is because you know, um, you know his name and I don't think that we, um, I'm just looking up something here, folks. Sorry about that. I don't think that we really understand the fact, um, we actually know his name is, uh, a, is a privilege. And an honor, and that it's a it's the manifestation of His love. When God revealed His Son to you, He was saying, "I love you." All right. Um, I want to uh, read another passage. Um, he's he's talking about people who have walked away from God. Um, uh, so let's start at verse fifteen of Second Timothy chapter two. We're just going to start there, but you should read the whole epistle, but. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's talk about Timothy, but shun profane and idle babblings, for they will increase more to more ungodliness. And their message will spread like cancer. Hermonius and uh, Philetus are of this sort who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection has always past, and they overthrow the faith of some. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, (laughs) sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Flee also youthful lust, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with those who are called of the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance, so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. That's that's We can get into that forever. What's the point? Is is that we have a role in, it's a good word, facilitating the holiness of God imparted to us by His Spirit that we walk in a way that's pleasing and acceptable before the Lord. And to be holy like Him is going to require me and you being with Him. We cannot be holy apart from God. Because here's the thing, who can be holy like God? Well, it's impossible without Him. But with Him, it is possible. And it's only with Him in His presence. And the closer, and the more you pursue Him, the more your conduct is going to line up, the more you're going to find the wonderful presence of God flooding your life, flooding your house, flooding your rooms, flooding your life. It's worth the journey. It's worth the journey. It is. And I hope, I hope that you will, well, I hope that you will decide to walk on that ancient pathway called the Highway of Holiness. And I'll talk to you later. God bless you. Bye-bye.